friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hello there, and welcome back to the Girl Means Business podcast. We are here for another week of helpful business and marketing tips to help you grow your business without overwhelm. I am super excited because last week we had a lot of new people joining the podcast. The downloads were through the roof. It was some of the highest downloads we've had since starting the show. So welcome to all of you new listeners that are tuning in. I am so excited that you're here. And if you're listening to this and you are enjoying the shows you've been binge watching or binge listening to, and you think that somebody else might enjoy these episodes as well, please take a screenshot of this episode or any other past episodes that you've been listening to, share it on your social media, post it to your Instagram stories, make sure you tag at girl means business, and I will make sure to shout you out in my stories as well. All right, guys, today We are going to talk all about how to be productive while working from home. Over the last year or so, a lot of us have been finding ourselves working from home more often, whether it is because you are an entrepreneur and you work from home anyway, but now you're not able to go out and do other things, go work at a coffee shop or go meet clients at places. So you're spending more time at home. Or maybe you work a nine to five and they have you working from home as well. So now you're trying to do your day job and grow your business all while trying to balance kids and spouses being home and pets and all of the things that come with spending all day in our houses. So what I want this episode to be is I want it to be a resource that's going to help give you some advice and some tips that will help you to get your tasks done more efficiently so that you can be more productive in your day, you can feel more accomplished. Because I can't tell you how many times I've ended the day in the past couple of months or past year where I have gone to bed thinking, oh, there's so much I did not do today. There's so many things. And it's not the best feeling. I want to go to bed at night thinking, okay, I accomplished so many things today. And yes, there's still things I need to do tomorrow. But for today, I feel like I have met a sufficient amount of accomplishments to feel good about what I did during the day. I don't want to end my day looking back and thinking, oh, I really should have done X, Y, and Z and it didn't get done and, or, or getting out of bed at 11, 12 o'clock at night because you forgot to do something that had to be done. It was time sensitive. So my goal is that at the end of this episode, you will have some strategies, some things you can put into place some things you can implement right away that are going to help you feel more productive in your day so that you can end your day feeling like you've accomplished the things that needed to be done in the limited amount of time we have each day. I mean, we each have only 24 hours, and so we can only do so many things in one day. But if you can end your day feeling like you were productive, you accomplished the things you wanted to do, that is the goal that I have for all of us every single day. So let's go ahead and jump into these top 10 tips. All right, number one is to make a must-do list every single day. I think this has probably been one of the most beneficial things. Now, I'm a list maker. I constantly have sticky notes and notepads and 
papers. I'm sitting at my desk right now and I've cut like three notebooks on one side and sticky notes on the other side and a couple of pages I've torn out of notebooks where I've written down lists of things. I've got the, on my desktop, I've got the sticky notes app where I have all kinds of lists going on there. So I am typically a list maker anyway, but what I've started doing is each day before I go to bed, I make a must-do list for the next day. So I'm not getting up in the morning and making a must-do list. I'm doing it the day before so that when I go to bed at night, there I don't have all of these things running through my head of, oh, I need to f- make sure I do this and don't forget this. And oh, I want to make sure I don't forget to put this on the list. I have it all done before my head ever hits the pillow so that I can go to bed and go to sleep at night knowing that when I get up the next morning, I already have my list made. Now, a must-do list is not the same as a to-do list. Typically, when I create a to-do list, it's all the things. It's a brain dump. It's just anything I need to get out of my head and onto a paper so I don't forget to do it. A to-do list is also something that I refer back to if I ever find myself having some spare time. So if I am at my daughter's basketball practice and I have a few minutes, I can jump on my phone and send out some emails. I can pull up my to-do list and I can see, okay, I've got 30 minutes of time that I'm just sitting here waiting for her practice to end. What can I accomplish off of my list? What can I check off my list in this 30 minutes? So that is my to-do list. It's kind of an ongoing list of things that are not necessarily time sensitive, but that I can do when I have spare time or when I finish my must-do list. So my must-do list is the things that are time sensitive. It's the things that have to be done on a certain time frame or on a certain schedule. So each day I have three to five things that must get done. Now that must-do list is not strictly for business. It can be business, it can be personal. So if I have a doctor's appointment or if I need to make sure that I get something in the mail or if I need to return a paper for my daughter's school, those things go on my must-do list because they have to be done that day. And then my business must-do list are typically things that are planned out on a certain schedule. So for example, on today's must-do list, I had record this podcast episode. I also had that I'm working on an app that I'm creating for photographers and I have a deadline of getting some of my content uploaded to the platform. So that's on my must-do list for today. Scheduling my social media content is a must-do list for today. Those are my three must-do items. Now, beyond that, I can add in any of my to-do list items. Once I have ticked off those three must-do things, then I know, okay, the things that I have to accomplish for today are done. I can now move on to the things that are not less important, but just are not a must-do item. So if I finish all three of my must-do items and I still have time left in my day, then I move to my to-do list. And then I can start working on things like working on the website I'm redesigning, creating content for social media uh, stories, creating content for the blog. There's different things I can work on that are constantly on my to-do list that can be added into my day but then I can rest easy knowing that the important things I had to get done that day got accomplished first. Now, tip number two sort of relates back to tip number one, and it's a way to organize your list. So tip number two is to label 
the tasks on your list based on the time and effort they require. So I learned this recently from another group that I was in. They were talking about some suggestions and this idea was thrown out there. So I started doing it, started implementing it with my to-do list and my must-do list. And it has been a game changer. It's incredible. So think of it like a, a scale from one to five, and you can label it any way you want. If you are tech savvy and you've got a list on your phone and you want to highlight or do different colors, or you want to give it like emoji ratings, number systems, however works for you. For me doing pen and paper, I rate them from a one to five. So a one means that this is a task I can do pretty easily anywhere. It doesn't require a lot of focus. It doesn't require a lot of for you know attention. I don't have to be alone in a room somewhere to do it. I can be doing it while I'm on the couch, while I'm fixing dinner. I can do it while I'm you know at my kid's practice or sitting outside on the porch, whatever it might be. So you give that task a one rating. So an example of something on my list that might be a one rating would be checking emails. So I can check emails anywhere. I can clean out my email inbox. I can organize my email inbox from my phone when you know I'm riding in the car with my husband or I'm sitting on the couch at night watching TV or I'm waiting outside my daughter's basketball practice. Those are all things that can be done pretty much anywhere. So they get a one rating. Now, things like recording podcast episodes, I give a five rating because they require a lot more attention. I need to be in my office space with the door closed by myself. They require more time because I have to either do interviews or I'm recording intros. I'm getting the content set up. I am getting my equipment set up. It just requires more effort on my part, and it's not something I can do while I'm distracted, and it can, it's not something I can do with other people around me. So I give it a five rating. Now, what I do is when I'm rating my list is I'm looking at like my must-do items for the day, and I'm thinking, okay, if my top three items are all fives, then I'm going to need to spend the majority of my day in my office with the door closed by myself. That means I'm going to need to make sure that my family, my kids all have other activities they can be doing, or maybe the kids go over to the grandparents for the day. It helps me to look ahead to my day and know these are the expectations of what I need to get done. If all the items on my must-do list are ones or twos, then that's fine. I know that I can go and do those things while my kids are playing outside and I'm sitting on the back porch watching them. Or I can do them in the, in the kitchen on my laptop while, you know, we're doing other things around the house. So rating your task based on the effort level and what's required of you to complete that task is really beneficial because then it also helps you organize when you're able to complete those tasks. So if you're looking at your must-do list and you have four items that are all ranked just a one or a two, and the last item is a five, then maybe you need to make sure you look at your day and you think, okay, when's the best time for me to do that five rated activity? Is it going to be in the morning when my kids are busy with schoolwork or they're not at home or whatever it might be? Is it better to do it in the evenings after everyone else has gone to bed? When are you able to get that task done? So this is a really great system for helping you 
make sure that you don't get to the end of your day and think, oh my gosh, I really need any quiet. I need everyone to stop what they're doing, go into a room, leave me alone so I can get this done. You can better schedule your time based on what your tasks need from you, which kind of leads us into tip number three. As you can see, these all sort of flow together. Tip number three is time blocking. This is something that I heard about a long time ago, and I have sort of implemented it off and on depending on my schedule. But time blocking basically means you set aside blocks of time in your day to get things done, and then you take breaks in between. This is really helpful if you have young kids at home. So a perfect example of this is my day today. I know I was recording this podcast. I knew this was going to take a block of my time that I was going to need to have privacy. My doors closed. No one can come in. My kid, my kids are playing by themselves. And so I know that once I'm done recording this episode, my time block is up and I'm going to take a break and spend half an hour to an hour with my kids fixing lunch, getting things done, playing with them, watching a show with them, whatever they need, they get my attention. So that way I allow myself to have blocks of time in my day where I'm working, I'm intensely working on the content that I need to be creating or whatever the job, the task is that I need to get done. And then I can have a block of time where I am free to open the office door, go play with my kids, go outside for a walk, go run an errand, do whatever I need to do and not feel like I'm taking away from my work time. So I'm a visual person. So a lot of times what I like to do is look at sort of a timeline of my day and physically block off times with color blocks. So if I'm looking at like a calendar on online, I will block off these little time blocks with colored squares. And I will say, okay, I need one hour to record, upload, and get all my podcast content ready to go. Then I'm going to have an hour where it is, I'm going to fix lunch. I'm going to hang out with my kids. We're going to go for a quick walk and then maybe come back. And I have a hour and a half block where I'm going to work on uploading content for the app I'm creating. And then I'm going to take a 30 minute block break where I'm going to have time for us to go pick up my oldest daughter from school or go run to the post office or whatever else I need to do. But knowing that those blocks of time are in place, it sets boundaries not only for myself, but sets boundaries for the people around me to know hey, this next hour is for me, but as soon as that hour is done, it's time for me to come to you. Now, one thing I have found, though, is that there have been times where I schedule these blocks of time and I don't complete the task in the amount of time that I've allotted. So if I allot an hour for podcast recording and uploading, and maybe I have technical difficulties or I'm doing an interview during that time and we're running late or we just really get into the conversation and it runs over, then I will kind of shift my blocks over for the rest of the day. So if I've done an hour and a half of podcast time, then I take it a half hour away from a block somewhere else. So they are fluid. They are flexible. I mean, that's part of being a business owner and the flexibility of working from home is that you have a little more control over how you schedule out your day. So don't be afraid to kind of move some of those blocks around, but just having those systems in place will really help you have focused work time and then focus leisure time. Okay, tip number four is to have a dedicated workspace. Now, this is going to depend on 
the home that you're in, whether it's an apartment or a shared space with other people. Ideally, you want to have a space that has a door you can close so that you are able to have quiet, a little privacy for completing those like level five tasks that we talked about earlier. However, I realized that in some cases that's not always possible. So you have to make do with what you have. If it is a corner of your bedroom, if it's a dedicated room in your house, you can use as an office. Mine doubles as our guest room. So when we have guests over, I just kind of have to clean everything up. But most of the time I have the space to myself. It could be a corner of your kitchen or your dining area, whatever it is. There's something in our brains that wants to have sort of that space that triggers in our mind, this is a work zone. So if you're constantly going from the couch to your bed, to the kitchen table, to an office space in your house, like it's hard to have the mindset of this is my workspace. So for me, even though I work primarily on a laptop and there are times that I'm working from the kitchen table or the couch or the bedroom, If I have a block of time that I really need to be like, this is a dedicated work time, it's a level four, level five task, and I can go into my office and I can sit in my office chair, I can have my desk, I've got it all set up the way I like it, something is triggered in my mind that this is work time. This is not check my phone time, this is not watch a show time, this is dedicated work time. So having that space, even if it is just a little table in a corner of a room somewhere that is your dedicated workspace, will help you get in the mindset of getting work done. Tip number five is that when you are working on focused tasks for your business, turn off notifications on your phone and on your computer. This is something I learned recently. I was recording some podcast interviews and I kept having like the text message and the other messages on my computer were dinging in. And I was like, oh, I was so frustrated. And I was telling the person I was talking to, I said, I wish there was a way to just turn those off. And she was like, oh, you can. And it was like life-changing. It was incredible. So on our phones, you know, we can put it on do not disturb. Um, You can turn the volume off. You can leave it in a different room, whatever it might be. On your computer, you can do the same thing. Now, this is for Mac computers. I don't know about, you know, PCs. But if you're on a Mac computer and you go to the top right corner, you'll see three little lines. I think that's called like a sandwich bar. And you click on that and it brings up notifications. If you scroll all the way to the top of the little notification page, there will be a thing that says do not disturb. And if you click that, and I just leave mine set to that at all times because I don't need those notifications on my laptop all the time it will turn off all notifications. So you're not going to get the notification that someone posted on Facebook or that you got a message on Messenger or that text message that comes through. All of that will be shut off. Now, if you want to turn them off and on, you're more than welcome to. I just leave mine off. But with my phone in particular, it's really easy to get distracted if I see that I've got a message pop up or I see that I've got a text message come through. So if I know I need to really focus on the task I'm doing, I turn it on do not disturb or I set it in the other room. I take off my watch that sends me notifications or I can shut it off as well. The notifications on that I can turn off. So if you have an Apple watch, mine's a Fitbit Versa. So it does send me text messages and messenger messages. And so I will turn that off as well. So I'm not getting those on my watch. So anywhere that you're going to get distracted from notifications, if you need to focus on the task at hand, just turn those off. There is nothing so important that it cannot wait 
for the 30 or 45 minutes to an hour that you're getting a task done. It's just better, in my opinion, to put it in a different room or turn off those notifications and complete your task. And then you can go back to and check all those that you missed. Tip number six is to get up and get dressed each day. Now I say dressed in air quotes, which you can't see because it's a podcast, but this is one that I struggled with for a really long time, especially right after I quit teaching and was staying home. It was so easy for me to just get up and stay in my pajamas all day. But I found that when I stayed in my pajamas or even, you know, sweatpants all day, I was way less productive. So now I get up in the morning and I make a point to put on an outfit. Now that outfit might just be a cute pair of yoga pants and a sweater, or it might be a workout outfit, or it might be leggings and a sweatshirt, but just doing something to change out of my pajamas, change out of my sweats, feel like I am a little more put together, maybe put a little bit of makeup on or do something with my hair. It just helps me feel more prepared for my day and helps me feel more productive. I don't have that sort of sluggish feeling anymore throughout the day. And it also allows me to be more likely to get out and do something. So if I'm wearing workout clothes, I will am more likely to go for a walk when I have a break in my day. I'm more likely to go play with my kid or walk to the park or do something fun. If I was in my pajamas, I'd be less likely to do that. So while it's tempting, and I know a lot of people talk about like the the joy of being home is that you can work from home in your pajamas, but I encourage you if you find that you are struggling to be productive in your day, get up and make a point to get dressed, put on just a little bit of makeup or fix your hair that day. Even if by fixing it, you're just putting it in a cute like messy bun or a braid, anything that's going to help you feel like you are more prepared for the day. It's also a little side tip. You're more likely to show up on your social media accounts, which is so important to do like in your stories and stuff. You're going to be more likely to do that if you feel like you're a little more put together. So making a point to get up and put yourself together in the morning is going to help you feel way more productive throughout the day. Tip seven might be a little bit of a struggle for some of us, but it is try not to multitask. Now, funny story, my husband and I have this ongoing argument about whether or not we are as humans capable of truly multitasking. He says that we are, I say that we're not. And I say that because I know myself, I'm personally not someone that feels like I am good at multitasking. I don't do well when I'm trying to focus on something and there's a lot of noise around me. And so I just, I know for me, that's not something I'm good at doing. I'm not great at keeping up with, you know, chatting with someone on messenger and then trying to coordinate something else. I need to be focused on one task at a time. And so if you are someone who struggles to multitask, or maybe you're somebody who thinks you're really good at multitasking, just try to spend one week where you have really focused work times where you're not trying to do four or five things at one time. You're not checking your phone. You're not, you know, answering emails while you're also creating content you're doing just one task at a time can help you finish tasks a lot faster and in a more focused. I think you'll find that they're even better quality when you're not trying to divide your time between multiple things. 
Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Which brings me to tip number eight, and it's know your most productive times of the day. So for me, I am not a morning person. So when I get up in the morning, I need a good hour or so just to kind of get ready for the day, whether that is get up, get my kids to school, come back and have breakfast and kind of figure out my plan for the day, get dressed, all those things. I don't get up at the crack of dawn and start hit the ground running. It's not just who I am. I'm a night person. So I feel the most productive towards the middle of the day, in the afternoons, evenings, and then later at night when everybody else has gone to bed, that's when my creative juices start flowing and the wheels start spinning. So I know that when I am blocking my time for the day, I'm not going to give myself an hour of time in the morning at 8 a.m. when I need to be doing something that's at a level four or five task. I need to save those four or five tasks for later in the day when I feel most productive. So really taking stock of when are you the most productive in your day? When do you feel the most energetic, the most excited, the most creative and focus your energy on those times of days? You're going to hear a lot of people tell you, you need to have a morning routine. You need to do this. You need to do that. You have to take all that information with a grain of salt. And I say that coming to you from a podcaster perspective and an educator perspective Take everything that you hear on my podcast, on other people's podcasts, in forums, on blogs, anywhere else you're listening to content, take it all with a grain of salt, knowing that you have to figure out what works for you. So just like these 10 tasks I'm giving you or 10 tips I'm giving you today, these are things that work for me. But you may be listening to this and thinking, well, time blocking doesn't work for me. That's okay. Or maybe you're not a list maker. Maybe you have another system in place. That is great. You do the best thing that works for you. So if you hear people saying you must have a morning routine or all the successful people have a morning routine, they get up at 5 a.m., they work out, they have a smoothie, they hit the ground running, that's not who you are, then don't have a morning routine that involves your business. You have to know what works for you so that you can be the most productive version of yourself. All right, number nine is be careful with your breaks. So we talked about earlier in tip number three, time blocking, and 
blocking out times to take breaks from your work, to spend time with family, to do things for yourself, you know, whether that is taking a break to go for a walk or fixing your lunch or playing with your kids, but be very careful with your breaks because there's a quote that says, you know, what's in action stays in action and what's at rest stays at rest. So if you are in this productive mode, you've just finished an hour and a half of being really productive. You got a lot of the stuff done. You're feeling really good. Don't go sit on the couch for an hour and start binge watching a show on Netflix, because then you're going to have a hard time getting back into that productivity mode. If you are somebody who can sit down for 15 minutes and rest and be fine and get right back up, that's awesome. I know myself well enough to know that if I sit down on the couch and I start watching a show on Netflix, I'm probably going to be there for three hours. So I don't allow myself to do that. In fact, my TV is not on during the day unless it's for my kids to watch a cartoon for a little while, because I know that that is a distractor for me. And I know that if in my break time, I go sit on the couch, the likelihood of me continuing the productivity of my day is very slim. So for me, I need to keep things moving. So for example, when I finish recording this episode and I get it uploaded and ready to go to my editor, then I'm going to get up and I'm going to go fix myself lunch. I am going to answer some emails on my phone. I'm going to go for a walk or play outside with my kids while it's nice outside. And then I'm going to come back and do my next activity. I'm going to keep that momentum going by physically keeping myself moving forward. So just be very intentional with how you're taking your breaks. Some people need that 15 or 20 minutes of decompression time, and then they're good to go. If you know that that's you, then build in that 20-minute decompression time where you just go lay on your bed and listen to some music, or you go sit on the couch and watch a quick 20-minute episode of Friends or Schitt's Creek or whatever else you know that gets you kind of mentally a break. So just know yourself and know what's going to work for you. All right, the last one, tip number 10, last but not least, set guidelines and expectations with anyone that's at home with you. So for me, it's been kind of this revolving door of who's home with me during the day. Is it both my kids, one of my kids, my husband, everybody? It just depends. And so my family knows that there are certain times of the day that I am most productive, like I said, in the afternoons. So a lot of times from lunchtime until about four or five o'clock, that is when I am doing the majority of my work and they know that's the time that they're going to have to be self-sufficient. They're going to have to do their own schoolwork. They're going to have to find things to entertain themselves. They're going to have to not come to me with anything that they need unless it is an emergency. I am able to close my office door. I have a sign on my door that says, you know, like recording, do not enter or you know, working, don't enter. And they know that because I've set up those expectations with them. So it's not a matter of me just saying, mommy needs 20 minutes. They know that there's specific times of the day that mommy is going to be working on certain things and that they have to be on their own. So having those conversations, setting those expectations up ahead of time can be really, really helpful. Now, granted, if you have like very young kids at home, that obviously you're not going to be able to let them be self-sufficient, then that comes down to kind of getting into a routine with your youngest ones or with another caregiver, whether it's a spouse or a grandparent or a babysitter, just finding what works for you, but knowing that 
those expectations have to be set with whoever is in the house with you. Even if it is, you know, a family member that's coming over to help babysit, let them know. I appreciate you coming to help babysit so that I can have two hours to get work done. Just know that if you need something, you know, please wait till I'm done if possible. I need these two hours to get as much done as I can. I don't think there's anything wrong to say that expectation. If someone is there to help you with your children or help you with your home or your spouse is in the house, they should be able to respect the fact that you need this amount of time to get these things done. So start those conversations, set expectations. I think that that will help alleviate a lot of pain in the long run. All right, guys. So those are 10 tips for helping you be more productive from while working from home whether that is working from home with kids, by yourself, with your spouse, whoever it might be. We all could use a little more productivity because there's so many distractions that come along with working from home. I hope that you find these tips helpful. If you are implementing these into your daily routine and there is one or two that have just really, really helped you, I would love to share your success. So feel free to send me a DM over on Instagram or to post about it in your Instagram stories and tag me. I want to know if these are things that are going to help you be more productive in your day. And again, if you are listening to this episode and you really find value in this, share it with your friends, send it to somebody, snap that screenshot and post it on social media. Let other people know that this is an episode that helped you and it might help them as well. And as always, I love reading reviews that you leave on the podcast episode. So make sure you head down to the bottom of the iTunes app, leave a review and let me know what you think of these episodes. One last final thing before we sign off for this week. If you want to chat more about productivity tips, I will be on Clubhouse. I'm at Kendra May on Clubhouse. Come find me. I will be hosting a weekly room every single Wednesday around the topics that we discussed here on the podcast. It's called the Mom Boss Power Hour, and each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time, I will be going live in those rooms to chat about Mom Boss topics. Typically, I will have them sort of the topics surrounding the same thing we're discussing on the podcast that week. Um, I'm hoping to have some of our podcast guests come join me on Clubhouse to chat about that week's topic, but a lot of times it turns into just a conversation about motherhood and entrepreneurship and all the things. So I would love for you to follow me over on Clubhouse and join us in those weekly chats every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. All right, ladies, I hope you have a wonderful week. I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place. 